Alright. <clears throat> it's time. Welcome back to the Missions Uncovered podcast with me, Dominic, and your other host, Neep. Michael is still in China, as you might know, and we just weren't able to coordinate with him. It's very difficult trying to balance those time zones, and it just didn't work out. He'll be back for next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. If you're a senior, congratulations on finishing, or at least being close to finishing your applications. Believe it or not, you'll be moving to college in about eight months, and while you enjoy this deserved time at the end of senior year, we'd like to help make the transition to college a bit easier through our upcoming College Life podcast. You can receive an email when we launch this new podcast by visiting bit.ly slash aupodnew. In this week's episode, we will talk about what we learned from going through the college admissions process this past year. If you did it with us, hopefully some of this is relatable, and feel free to add anything we left out in the comment section under the podcast at admissionsuncovered.com. If you haven't experienced the joyous college admissions process yet, please learn from what we didn't know going into this process. All right, so I'm just going to start off talking about kind of my overall general feeling of this whole college admissions process. If you guys have been listening, you probably know me and Dominic both applied early, and um, we continued this process <laughs> after those decisions came out. At um, It was like mainly we had like three, like one week before winter break that we had to kind of like calm down and start seeing where we wanted to apply for sure. So at first, I thought... Personally, it was kind of hard to get started just thinking about, oh my gosh, I have like 20 billion supplements to write. How am I going to write all of this? But once I kind of got out of my like writer's block and got into the zone and started writing, I don't think it was as bad as I pictured it to be. Like definitely hearing Michael's stories about how he's like freaking out. Well, not freaking out, but doing like 20 something supplements and how like he would like do in the morning and read in the afternoon. I really like that. So he really freaked me out. But as I was writing it, I realized that some of the supplements could be used for multiple schools, especially the one that I saw come up a lot was like the extracurricular one. And most of them were around Mm -hmm. 150 to 250 words. So I feel like that one, if you write a really solid one, you could use it for a lot of schools. So I think that helped a lot. And also another piece of advice, before my early decision came out, I actually worked on two like full supplements for two schools before that so I think that helped a lot because like during then I was kind of more relaxed than I would have been during winter break so I think that helped a lot and um Dominic what about you how did you tackle doing a bunch of supplements over winter break so I definitely agree with Nee's assessment of uh, Michael's description not working for me I think Michael and I just approach essays differently And I'll talk about that a bit later when we discuss essays and what we learned from those. But I did not experience the same freak out mode as Michael did. If you don't know, I had to submit everything on Christmas because I had to go out of town for stuff. So all that January 1st deadline stuff got moved up. And there were a couple days where I was freaked out trying to submit stuff and finish up essays. But I didn't experience that freak out moment. My list was shorter than Michael's. You know, Michael was crazy with his 20 Mine was shorter than that, so maybe it was just the amount. But I think I think it's different for every person. So one of my notes is you don't want to rely on people's experiences that you've talked to. So when I went into the process, I think I made the mistake of taking everything that Michael talked about the process and then saying that I would go through the same things, so the same winter freak out and having to 
balance my schedule with this and that and needing to cut down activities. But I think that it was very different for me. I was able to ramp up my activity involvement and then also complete all the things I needed to. So I would definitely say listen to what people tell you from their experiences, but also know that you're your own person and that you're going to tackle it differently. And the only thing, like, I think me and Dominic both found it manageable to do a lot of our supplements, like, over winter break or leading up to it. The one downside about that is I realized that a lot of the merit scholarships, I think, are generally due, like, a few weeks before winter break. So a lot of them were due, like, December 1st. So that's one thing. If you're looking into merit scholarships for certain schools, you definitely should not wait until winter break because those deadlines would be long gone. I know I focused on one school and I was applying regular decision, but their deadline for merit scholarships was um, November 15th. So I had to get that one out of the way really quickly. So make sure you do your research and plan out um, what the deadlines are so you make sure that you don't miss them. If you remember when Michael recounted his horrors of the college admissions process, he said that he only primarily worked on Princeton up through the November 1st deadline because he was really focused on that. And then not until about after he got deferred, he really, really worked on the other ones. Uh, If you have a large-ish list, I would say anything 10 or above. Now, it's different for each person, but I think if somebody has 10 They probably need to be working on more than one before that November 1st deadline. Obviously, you want the majority of your effort going towards the one that's due first, but I think it's also important to be working on the other ones so you don't get uh, crammed up and you're not putting 100% forward Mm -hmm. for those other applications. um, You could always work on your, your early ones up until November 1st, but then you have that whole waiting period between November 1st and when you hear back. Uh, usually December 15th or mid-December. So you can always use those like month um, month to month and a half to work on other supplements as while you're waiting. Because like, nothing's for sure, so might as well work on other supplements. Yeah, one thing I will say though, time really does fly through this process. Uh, other than sleeping, the college admissions process definitely makes time go by <laughs> quickly. I, I feel like it was just yesterday that I was thinking I had all the time in the world to finish up the rest of my applications. And now I'm sitting here two weeks after I submitted them. (laughs) So it definitely does go by quickly. So make sure that you stay on top of it. I think the calendar system that we discussed before really helps. Uh, One thing I'll throw in there is it's really easy to want to just push things back a day, your your soft deadlines, but it all comes down to self-discipline. A lot of this process is reliant on managing yourself. So please keep yourself to your soft deadlines and make sure that you're getting done what needs to get done because you can only go through this process once and if you mess it up now you don't want to regret it for later i know that was a big <laughs> motivating factor for me um I, I took in what others said but the the main concern for me was i didn't want to regret anything later on for sure and one thing about like you can only meet those deadlines if you actually for sure know which schools you're applying to i know leading up to this was like a week before winter break. I was still kind of iffy about not really sure which schools I wanted to do. Some schools I just had on my list because I was like, eh, like maybe it'd be nice to go there. But when I thought about it and I created like a Google Docs with the names of the school, how many supplements they required, how many words, I kind of, that kind of like made me think about 
do I really want to go here and write these supplements and sacrifice time away from writing a quality supplement for another school? So that really kind of made me think about do I want to go here because of the program or did I just like put this school here just because so I think that really helped um helped me reflect and analyze if this school was right for me or not and then I think you really shouldn't start until you have a pretty solid 90% kind of confirmed college list so that you make sure you hit all the deadlines especially the merit scholarships as we mentioned and I think that was one um, big takeaway I had and from then once I knew the schools I was applying to I was able to make my deadlines and my soft calendar with those schools and that made the process a lot easier. One more note I'll throw in here for our younger viewers is about the testing. You know now we talk a lot about interviews and <clears throat> what to do after your applications are submitted and working on essays a lot but the testing is still a major part of the process. I know we passed it a while back, but it's definitely a big part of the process. So if, if we have any younger viewers out there, the PSAT only happens once. I know I started prepping for that a little late and then only picked up for the SAT. <clears throat> but you can retake the SAT pretty much as many times as you want. And with uh, score choice schools more prevalent than ever, it's a lot easier to just pick your best SAT score and send that. But the PSAT, you only get one shot for national merit for that. And I think that's really important and something that isn't stressed enough. And then also, if you are a junior or a younger viewer as well, the sooner you get your testing done, including subject tests, the easier your life is going to be. You don't want to have to be trying to think about essays and building your college list as well as studying for these other tests. Um, one thing I learned is pairing subject tests with AP tests is really good to do. Uh, because you're studying for it anyways and it's made by the same company so they have similar goals for the subject i believe and that's one way to make it easier i have a friend who i took ap chemistry with last year and he and i did pretty much the same in the class uh, the only difference was i took the subject test immediately after the ap or the the next test off uh, offering after the AP and he waited until the beginning of this school year to take it and there was about a 150 points between uh, what I got on the test when I went to go take it and what he was getting in practice actually 200 oh points. gosh so it, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely a big gap so it's amazing how quickly that knowledge will leave you if you For sure especially over the summer and yeah. summer break yeah, summer break is one way to lose that knowledge. So you definitely want to take those tests as soon as possible when the time is right. And while we're kind of talking about advice for underclassmen, I think like Dominic can also agree with this on the Common app and also through a lot of the supplements and essays, they'll ask a lot about your activities and your extracurriculars. Like there's an entire section if you look at the Common app purely to list your activities with like um, you get a few words to describe what you did, but also a lot of the supplements, as I mentioned, like the extracurricular supplement was one that popped up in at least four or five of the schools that I looked at. And these activities aren't something that you can just do overnight and like put it on your resume because like that's not what colleges are looking for and that doesn't make a good extracurricular. So a lot of the quality extracurriculars start as early as ninth grade or even before that. I know a lot of some of the extracurriculars I've been doing and probably Dominic also we've done since like elementary school. So it's really critical 
Um, no need to freak out if you haven't done a lot of extracurriculars for a long time, but especially if you're a freshman, you should really start finding like, I would say two or three extracurriculars that you're really committed to and stick to that throughout your entire high school career. Because if you have, if you're really involved and engaged in extracurriculars, I think it makes the applying to college process a lot easier because now with test scores, everyone getting, a lot of people getting high test scores, everyone being the same in like grades and all that, they're really going to start looking at extracurriculars, how you give back to the community. So that's something you should take into, take into account along with all the like writing supplements um, that we've been talking about. All right, now we're going to move on to, I would say the first big milestone in this process is creating your college list. I think for me, I didn't put as much time into this as I think I should have because as I started going through the process, there were some schools that were still on my list that once I kept researching them to start writing the essays, you know, the Y school essays and and just working towards learning about the school so I could present myself through my essays, I found out that the school just wasn't what I thought it was. Uh, So I'd definitely recommend putting a lot more time into creating the college list and making sure that you actually want to go there through deep research about the schools. Hmm. And also... What do you think about Yeah, so definitely, like I mentioned before, creating... I feel like my college list has been something I've been kind of working on since, like, the summer, but, like, a lot has changed. Like I said before, like, I had to reassess a lot of my schools. So I think it was really important. I couldn't really start fully focusing on the process until I had a solid college list because then I knew okay so I have to write this many supplements um it's going to take me this amount of time this deadline is um earlier or something like that so I think like as Dominic mentioned it's really important to have a solid college list because then you know you can kind of find similarities between them and that would really help you like write your why school essay or like other things so I think that that's definitely really important to think about. Now, just to reiterate one thing that Nice said earlier, I, I like how she brought up the activities. Uh, this is one of those things about the college admissions process that it's very hard to fix later on. You can obviously always fix essays, and you won't write those until later into the process. But your activities start maybe even before high school, but really good activities start earlier on in high school. Again, don't be worried. If you don't have one, you can definitely find it. And uh, but, but I would say, just say, pick a activity that is a passion of yours that you can sink time into. It'll make it a lot easier to write essays about it, and then it'll show that you actually care about your application. I was in an interview uh, earlier today, and the interviewer was talking to me about how they have a lot of students that come with resumes filled with things that are half-pursuit activities, so things that they just do for the purpose of... Padding on their resume. Putting it on, yeah, putting it on their resume, and obviously she says it's, or or attributes it to the 10 slots in the Common App as well as other things, but kids are always pushed to be in every activity as, as they can, and at some point it starts taking away from your main activities, and you're doing so much to where it's hurting what's really important to your application. Again, we've talked about this with the spike. Uh, I mean, you definitely need to spike with your application or else you're going to blend in with the other kids. And for a lot of for a lot of applicants, that spike is through one of their big mm-hmm. activities. For sure. So I think now we should 
as we talked about some of the things that you should do before the college process like really starts like making a college list making sure you get really involved in your extracurriculars as you get closer to it's usually um for a semester depending for a semester of senior year depending on when your deadline is when you start having to get like the forms from the schools and especially rec letters i think that was a thing that we didn't I mean, we kind of emphasize, but like not many people really emphasize the importance of rec letters. But definitely, it's also something that should start a lot sooner than your um, first semester of senior year because you really want to get a rec letter from a teacher that you've built a relationship with throughout your four years of high school. So if you have one teacher that you've taken say freshman year and you have them again senior year they can really see your growth and write about that which is something colleges really appreciate kind of seeing how you've changed throughout um, your years in high school how you've contributed to the school and teachers can't write about that if they haven't talked to you or like haven't seen you do these things so I think it's really important to talk to your teachers ask questions during class um, be involved in extracurriculars that some teachers um host or our sponsors for um what do you think about dominic how do you think what do you think is a good way to get some good rec letters from teachers i guess if one of your big activities is an activity at school one of your clubs or maybe a class that you are a teacher's aide with that's definitely one way to get a good rec letter they'll be able to speak uh, with personal experience you have to think about what the usual rec letter contains obviously they're going to say it's a good student in their class they're going to say they're a nice kid and blah 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 but you what you really want is you want a nice story that comes along with the letter that's going to make you stand out you want the person reading the letter to be able to picture you in real life and if you have a teacher or two teachers because for most schools you'll need two rec letters if you have two teachers that you've spent a lot of time with throughout high school You've taken preferably multiple classes with them if possible. You know them really well. You're comfortable talking to them about stuff that isn't about school. Uh, that That's definitely the right people to go to for the letters. And we're mainly talking about teacher rec letters. But for a lot of schools, or at least some of the schools I know for sure, you can always submit rec letters besides teacher rec letters. So they're um, on the Common App. They're referred to as like outside recommenders. And this can be anyone from um like a leader that hosts like an organization that you participate in outside of school it could be um your supervisor during your internship during the summer or like at your job and one interesting type of recommender that i noticed was a peer rec so it'd be like um one of your friends at school or someone that's been with you in extracurricular so some of schools i realize really emphasize this because your friends give kind of a different perspective and they add a different perspective to your application that really no one else, not even your counselor or your teachers or say your employer can add. So you should also look into that depending on not most, most schools probably don't take this type of recommendation, but be sure if you think your friend or someone that um, is your age that you've worked with can really add another dimension to your application, be sure to reach out to them because anything can help in this college application process. Yeah, but a couple of the recommended types in the Common App that different schools have, uh, the, these are 
just distinctions that you can assign recommenders to be attached with your letter. So they have arts teacher, clergy, coach, college access, counselor, employer, family member, peer, or other. Obviously the other allows pretty much anybody outside of your teachers to be able to do that. So you can definitely think a bit outside the box. You don't need to go to your, go get another teacher because at some point they hear enough from your teachers. Mm -hmm. They want to know about you outside of school. So if you're interested in a big activity, Nia, I'm pretty sure you did the Mm -hmm. uh, Taekwondo uh, instructor, right? So that was one of your big activities for me. I did one of my uh, Boy Scout advisors and that was, that's to compliment uh, the work I did in my activities to show that it was beyond just the resume but to show the admissions officer that doesn't know me that it is something meaningful to me and that firsthand account can speak mm-hmm. for it. Um, I think Dominic mentioned kind of a good point when he was talking about maybe they, for the other, it shouldn't be another teacher. With all of these, there, there's usually a limit on the number of outside recommenders that you can actually add. And even if the school, some schools have four, you got to really assess, do I need four additional letters that like making it seven one from your counselor two from your teachers and four outside recommenders you have to ask yourself do each of these letters add something different to your application or are they all gonna say you're really hardworking? they've seen you like academic wise colleges like have limited time and if you add a lot i feel like it can really take away from what you're really trying to say if you have a bunch of if they have just have to read a bunch of letters of recommendations. So I think that's something you should really pay attention to when you're deciding if you should um, add another recommendation letter to your application. Now moving on to everybody's favorite part of the college admissions process, the essays. Uh, I, for one, could not picture the amount of work and time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears that has to go into these essays. I probably used an entire ream of paper printing off drafts of essays to proofread and mark up and then rewrite and then print out again. Uh, So the essays are a major component of your application. So we definitely learned a lot from this. Uh, First off, like I said earlier, the approach is a lot different. Uh, Michael's approach that he's talked about before is to just write down stream of consciousness everything that you can think about the topic that's what i've heard from a lot of people before and that's what i thought i would do but when i started doing this i figured i figured out that it's just not my style so for me what i have to do is i need to first picture the idea in my head and then from there i can write an essay and it's a lot more time up front than what michael would do but for me because i thought out the idea it's a lot less time after the first draft is written to the final essay than what Michael would be doing. So it's definitely different for everybody else. That's why I think my winter break wasn't terrible. Um, I think I put in a lot of that thinking time before winter break, and I was just able to go in there and clean up my drafts to make them submittable essays. I think my approach was kind of in between what Dominic described and what Michael described. So I definitely... Before I started my supplements, I always made kind of a bullet point, kind of like a brainstorm outline sort of thing. I I feel like if I just like write all at once, I always tend to go over the word limit and I kind of lose track of what I really want to say. So if I make a few like three to five bullet points 
about the important ideas that I really want to include and like I kind of imagine including in my supplement then from that I just kind of turned that idea into like little blurbs just writing out what I want to say about the certain point and then kind of getting um taking away each bullet point and adding transitions and I think that's how I wrote a lot of my supplements and honestly it's just like whatever method works for you but like the one thing I feel like a lot of people have trouble with is just actually starting all the essays so so if you are one of those people who really procrastinate maybe it's good to just sit down and write out all your thoughts maybe it could be it could totally work for this supplement or you have really good ideas for another supplement but you won't I feel like I don't really know what I specifically want to want to say until I write it out and see if it works or not because sometimes I had like I imagined a really good idea in my head and once I wrote it out or typed it out it completely didn't make sense so once I wrote it out I was like okay this doesn't work let's move on to another idea but I would have never known that if I just like kept it in my head and procrastinated and never put it down on a piece of paper another note on the essays is I, I definitely learned that some essays are going to take a lot of time for example, I started thinking about my comment up essay and trying to write drafts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, if you go back to the uh, beginning of summer episodes, every week there was a new idea on the podcast, but every day I was bouncing an idea. Oh, yeah. Off of we had this joke. It was like, at first it started as like topic of the week. But then whenever I saw Dominic on the train, I'm like, okay, so what's your topic of the day? Because, like, I know it was different every single day. And he's like, all right, I got this. But then it would totally be completely different the next <laughs> I was day. like, this is the one. Yeah. And then, yeah. <clears throat> so the, yeah, I, my comment up essay, it started in about June, I would say. And I'm pretty sure I didn't have it until September. Obviously, I wasn't working on that every day of that period, but it took a very, very long time, and it was very stressful because I was thinking, well, if this is taking me, me forever to do this one essay, how am I, how am I going to do the rest of them? But I think it was just that one. Other ones of equal length, I wrote my draft, and I really liked it, and then just spent a couple days working on it, and that was it. Other ones, I'd write something, have to scrap it, write another one, it was good. Other things took less time. Other ones took more time. Every mm. essay is different, so I wouldn't use the first one as the judgment of whether to freak out or not. And then you you have a ton of essays to write, so it's not a bad idea to just move on to another one if you need to clear your head for one and of for the topics. For sure, when Dominic mentioned the Common App essay, I feel like that's the one a lot of people stress the most on. And I know we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, so if you kind of want to focus, if you're at the beginning of your college admissions process or thinking about that um, in January, which is really early, but I don't know, hey, being prepared is good, then you might want to check out um, that episode. But I think apart from the main Common App essay being sent to every single school you apply to, a lot of the pressure is added because this is really the first college essay that you're writing so you're like okay it has to be perfect I have to start off on a good note so I think that's part of where a lot of the pressure comes in and what I did was I think a really good advice is to kind of work on it during the summer because uh, during that time you're still six months away you're not as stressed you can kind of 
go with multiple ideas and you still have time to scrap them or like stick with one. But what I would suggest is try to finish your Common App essay, I would say like by September, have like by finish finish, I mean like really finish because I felt like if you're like just kind of like halfway through on your Common App essay, you can't really focus on writing the supplements. So what I did was I was finished, finished with my Common App essay before senior year started. And I just kind of copy pasted it into the Common App and just never touched it again. Um, maybe to like reread it once before I submitted it to a bunch of schools. But I think that's really helpful because you know your big major essay is done and now you can kind of focus on your supplements. I think it's tough to give advice on a target date for your common app essay or any other essay. Obviously, it's best to get it done early, but I think it's also not a good idea to say, okay, I'm going to work on this over summer, and then whatever I have at the end of August is what I'm going to use, and I'm not going to touch it again. You definitely need to take as much time as you need to complete an essay, but you also need to be conscious about the amount of work you still have to do. So I think it's balancing when to start, versus knowing when to work versus knowing when to end so again it's going to be different for every person and we don't want to yeah. say to do it a certain way because i tried doing it a certain way and that was michael's mm-hmm. way and it didn't work luckily i caught that <laughs> and didn't do it that way yeah i think one thing that would apply to a lot of people you kind of need to know when your essay like as dominic like put a, I think he's put it a few times when it's good enough to submit because you can't keep I don't think you should work on one essay and do like a billion drafts again and again to fix like one or two words because at a certain point I don't think because like you are who you are and you write how you write at a certain point you can't make it any better like changing one or two words I don't think is going to make a big difference and determine where you get like accepted or rejected I mean of course it can depend and there are special cases but you can't stay too focused on making the perfect essay because then you don't have time to do other supplements. And I think that sometimes people focus too much on one part of the application without realizing that it's not just about one part. Yep, adding on to that, I usually say you need to know when to submit it yourself. Obviously, everybody's going to have their input. If I send the same essay to me and Michael, they're going to have different input. So if I throw in Michael's corrections that I want to add as well, and I send it over to me, and he's going to have changes. If I send it back to Michael, there's always going to be more changes. And if I give it to... Any of my friends are going to have more changes. An essay can always be changed, but I think at a certain point, you need to make the call because it's your application to do it. Obviously, they're friends and they're trying to give you the best input, but you're the one that has to live with it, and you're going to be the only one looking back, wishing you would have done it a different way down the road. So you definitely need to hold on to this application process and make it your Mm -hmm. own and keep control of it. Don't let other people tell you how to do your essays obviously take their input but make sure that yeah i mean well like dominic made it sound kind of very serious but i mean yeah (laughs) it's my nature it's definitely an important part it's like a big milestone i guess like in your life but hey look me and dominic we applied to quite a few schools (laughs) and we're still here a week later talking about our experience and we're not like sobbing and like being super depressed so definitely we survived and i don't think Catch us yeah in April. Uh, that's another <laughs> i'm not thinking about that right now but i definitely think it's doable like for sure it's doable and it may seem like a lot now hearing us talk about all this but always keep in mind i think what um really helped me was reusing some of my essays um tweaking of course like tweaking it 
and making sure it fit the prompts. But if it's like, as I mentioned, like what, this is probably the fifth time now, the extracurricular essay, if it's like, please briefly elaborate on one of your extracurriculars and it's the same prompt for another school, don't feel guilty reusing it for that school and thinking, oh, I have to rewrite a completely different one. So it's all about these little kind of quirks or like tips that you learn that you can only really learn as you're going through the process and just doing whatever helps you make the process easier it was stress it was stressful but i definitely still was able to enjoy my christmas break yeah definitely know when to reuse your essays offices if it's the same prompt go ahead and do that don't think that just because the name of the school has changed you have to write a brand new one catered to that school um, if it's a why school yeah. essay you probably want to write a unique do essay not but I think, cut out a school and just like add yeah. another school's name. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but I think going through the process, you get a little lazy and you want to cut some corners. And I felt myself wanting to copy over some essays that loosely fit the prompt. Oh, yeah. And you're and like, this I essay. Over, I would send it over to people and be like, hey, does this fit the prompt? If you're asking somebody if it fits the prompt, it probably doesn't fit the prompt. Yeah. And sometimes, well, okay. One thing, sometimes. <laughs> there were just prompts that have like so a lot sometimes they'll give you like choices what i've seen come up a lot is like they'll give you quotes and just have you like respond to this quote and i've noticed myself just like staring i was like oh my god there's so many choices but i just like i don't know which one i want to write about at all so there are definitely gonna be schools where like the supplements just like don't speak to you at all some schools will be like oh i have a perfect idea and you just finish it in like an hour or something and the other schools will like you'll stare at it day after day and after day but at some point, even if it's, like, an idea that you, like, you're not super, super happy with, you still should just, like, write it. Because who knows, it could be a simple idea and, like, your writing could just make it into the idea that you wanted. Um, so I think that's something you should also take into account. Yeah, and with those multi-choice essay responses, I think I would find myself leaning towards the ones that had already written something mm-hmm. about that topic. So maybe not wanting to copy over the essay, but defaulting to ideas that I've already written out and although it would still work and i've already thought about it i think there might be in some cases a better prompt that you're just skipping past because you want to use one that you've already thought about one thing i would recommend i didn't do this but i think it would help is if once you finish your college list and you know that you're going to roll with that pretty much until the end you might have a few adder drops but hopefully that one's pretty concrete you can go through each of the different supplements and just jot down ideas phrases or just words of what you think would be potential essays for that topic so maybe going through and if there's one about transportation you can write about terrible dart stories but i think that's a good way to approach it so when you do return to that topic you can remember back about what you were thinking and you're not always trying to default to what you've done but you're thinking about what you were wanting to do at the beginning when you didn't already have any. For sure. So that pretty much takes care of the essays. A couple of notes on the interviews. From my perspective, I've done two of them so far. I have some more to go. Uh, they just kind of land in my email and I'm like, oh, there we go. <clears throat> we got another one. So they're definitely very laid back uh, from what I've experienced. I, I don't know what I thought going into the process they were going to be. They're just alumni that are trying to help give you another perspective of the school, and then they're also trying to help you get into the school. Obviously, they have to write the report on if you're fit for the school, if you meet these different criteria, and you're fit for the school. But they're also there 
to help answer your questions. Um, you know, if it's a school that you don't know anybody that's gone to it and you can't go visit it, this is your best opportunity to talk to somebody that's experienced it for four years or more. So you definitely should take advantage of that and always, always, always ask for an interview. You definitely want to take advantage of that. Although for most schools, it's a small portion of the application. If it counts at all, it definitely shows that you care about the school. Anything with demonstrated interest is definitely going to help out. And then just in general, it'll be a nice boost to your application. It's definitely not going to get you in somewhere, uh, the interview alone. It can probably keep you out if you go in there and <laughs> you just trash on the interviewer the whole time. Uh, or the school. Or you say you want to go there because it's the third best business school in the nation or whatever. <clears throat> but beyond that, it's just a conversation where you can go in. Definitely do your research for the school. Go in knowing what you want to do, why you want to go there. That's all, you know, look at the basic questions. There's lists out there. And then also have some prepared for the school. Um, I have a list just of general questions I like to ask about schools from people that have gone there. So I will go in with those. And then also during the interview, you want to grab some ideas that you like to ask questions on. That's definitely going to show you're engaged. But also it's just a good way of making sure you understand what they're talking about the school. So if they talk about one of these programs, you can ask more about the programs that they went through, what their experience was like, if they enjoyed it, etc. What I've, so I've done two interviews and in my experience, like as Dominic said, they were very, they were like a casual conversation. Like um, both of them were at like a coffee shop. It was funny. One of them, we sat outside of a Starbucks and there was, like a trolley or like what are those things that like run on like the road and like um like tourists often sit in i don't know and like it kept like every 10 minutes it would go by and like make a really loud noise so that was kind of funny but um they were very casual and i feel like i spent a lot of the time also asking her about her experience at the school overall because like there's certain things that you can't kind of know unless you visit a school or talk to a person that's been there you can't find out everything from a website like how it's really like there so i think you should take this opportunity to let the school know more about you but also for you to know more about the school and now that we've kind of talked about interviews and essays there's this one this part is a big part of the college admissions process that i don't think we've touched on a lot but it's about it's like financial aid because like of course you can get into a bunch of schools but if you can't afford it then you're not just not going to be able to go to the school at all but hopefully this is not the case for you that you've done research about all the schools that you you're applying to and one way to do this i think me and Bo and dominic both really um utilize this tool is like most of the schools will have net price calculators whether it's specific for the school or i know college board kind of has a general one that will apply to multiple schools and you just have to enter your information once so i think this is a good way to kind of decide of course don't base your college list solely on how much money you think you have to pay but it will also kind of let you know of of course there's some schools that will meet 100 percent of your need but then there are other schools who just like won't give you any money because say you're an out-of-state resident or something like that or it's just really expensive and they won't give you a lot of money so be sure that you look into that um turn in do net price calculators turn in your fafsa um later on for mo a lot of private schools your css profile so this is like the whole financial aid 
aspect of the college application that you also have to worry about on top of everything else. But make sure it's something you're also keeping in the back of your mind and thinking about when deciding which schools you want to apply to. Yeah, we'll definitely do a financial aid episode later. So stay tuned for that. But a couple things I want to add. It is definitely a difficult part of the college admissions process. One of those things you cannot control. One thing I would recommend doing is having a uh, talk with your parents just about the money aspect of college. It's important. Uh, Not the greatest conversation Mm -hmm. to have, but one that needs to happen. So talk with them, you know, what what they can afford to send you to school on, if you need to take out loans, whatever. That's obviously going to be individual for each student. Uh, Net price calculators, they're good for sizing up a school, how much money you think you'll get, how much you'll need to pay, but don't use that as the sole kind of factor in deciding what sole factor in deciding the school, but also thinking about how much you're going to have to do. Sometimes a school will give you less money. Sometimes a school will give you more money. I know Michael and I have talked about this in the past. I would do some net price calculators for these schools and tell them there's like no way I could pay for this school. Um, And he he would say to not discount a school just because the lack of money that you think you're going to get, just as you would add a school on there because you can think you can get a lot of money. Uh, don't don't take off a school just because you don't think you'll get a lot of money. Sometimes you'll get surprised by how much they'll give you. Uh, there's obviously merit aid scholarships that they can give you. And then also there's a ton of scholarship opportunities that you can use to cover the cost. If you like the school, I would say go ahead and apply. Obviously, application fees are expensive, but if you can take that or if you're going to get a fee waiver for the school, it's not a bad idea to just go ahead and apply and see if you get in. Obviously, you have to get into the school for the cost to become an issue. So get into the school first mm-hmm. and then worry about paying it later, but also stay aware of that price tag. Yeah, the price of the schools. So well. for sure, it's like you just need to use common sense and use your judgment to see because some schools, even though the net price calculator can be off, but there if you read online, there's like certain schools that like they just don't have a huge endowment to give you a lot of money. So that's also something you should take into account. Like, if you know, like, pretty sure you can't pay for the school, maybe you should think about, oh, what's another school that can also offer me the same things and I might have a chance to go there. Because I I know I've heard stories about people putting their heart and soul into an application for a school and once their financial aid package comes out, they just there's no way they could pay for it. So I'm just saying, like, with all of these things, you kind of just, like, have to balance and really know what applies to you. So I know we covered a lot in this episode. It was just kind of like we're still on a high after finishing all our um, college applications. So this is kind of some final advice me and Dominic want to give to our listeners are that um, just kind of find a balance because we know we've been talking about doing a lot over winter break, but also it's like the winter break of your senior year. You still got to make sure you enjoy your break, you, you're you able to balance your apps and, um, I don't know, going on a family trip or something. So if, you, if you've been listening to our podcast and kind of taking our advice about having soft deadlines, um, finally making a calendar, like Dominic finally did, um, starting your, I mean, starting your common app during the summer or getting your testing out of the way, making a college list, um, talking to teachers, just all of these things every little thing can help and it's just at the end of the day it's about your own time management if you just if you're willing to just sit down do your college apps because they're not the end of the world like you do you do your college apps you can still enjoy your winter break and i think me and dominic survived we made it 
Um, we're almost done. I think both of us only have one school left and we're about to be done within the next week and we kind of can let loose now. So I would really say there's a lot to do for sure. We can't say there's not a lot to do, but it's definitely manageable. And if you really see and discover like what works for you, I think you're going to be fine. One final note, make sure you head to bit.ly slash aupodnew. Again, bit.ly slash aupodnew for the updates of the brand new College Life podcast to help ease that transition onto college. With that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>